0: You're listening to the Mind Your Business podcast, episode number 218.
1: Today's episode is all about couples therapy for entrepreneurs. So stay tuned.
0: Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Chelsea. And welcome to a very, very special Monday edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. Why is it special? Because I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have my beautiful wife, Chelsea Wedmore, here with me in the studio recording an episode together. Couples therapy. For entrepreneurs. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we are just got off an interview with our dear friends, Ellen and Pete Bader of the Couples Institute. We've known them for few years now, like three years. They both came and spoke at uh, one of our mastermind retreats. That's actually a common theme is a lot of my mastermind members either work with their spouse in business or they're obviously married. You know, we had a little couples therapy session. It was so awesome. Like the feedback was so great. Everyone, like most people brought their spouses there and it was a bunch of exercises and conversations and really great questions. And I was like, we gotta get you guys on the podcast and we gotta have Chelsea here. So we just did it. Chelsea, what do you, what do you think?
1: I think it was a huge success. Yeah. Um, they're so insightful and supportive. And I would love to actually be in one of their workshops because they have amazing energy and they have such great tools for couples.
0: Mm-hmm. Such great tools. And I kind of said this at the end of the episode, and I'll say it now is, you know, you know we, we're very transparent on it, actually. Was that, was that a challenge for, for you to be a little like? Exposing, Be like, hey, we don't
1: have it all figured out. No, not at all. I love saying that. Anytime yeah. anyone's like, oh, we want to be just like you and James. I'm like, oh, not so fast. Do you really?
0: <laughs> are you sure?
1: Not so fast. Yeah. And not that I don't think that we have something extraordinary, but I hate to think that people are out there feeling like they're alone because they struggle and we struggle. Mm-hmm. We, we struggle. And when we elevate.
0: Yeah. I think the difference is, is we're not willing to like settle with it and be like, well, this is just the way it is. Like I've never believed that anything is fixed right? and that it's unchangeable and it's out of your hands. Like we can improve, we can change, we can do something different, we can try another way and we can make something work that isn't working right now. When we've had a bad day. Like when things, we're not on the same page or something, I've seen how it affects my work. And I say this at the end of the episode, the interview with them, with Ellen and Pete, I've seen how much it affected my performance and work, my motivation, and chances are you guys can too. And so you really wanna beg the question, how much of your life force is being sucked away from the work that you know you need to be doing because something isn't working with your spouse? But we're also unwilling to do what's necessary to clean that up. And one thing that wasn't talked about in the interview, so we'll just say it right here. What percentage responsibility, Chelsea, do you have in this marriage?
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And I asked that question to a lot of my students whenever that comes up. Like marriage stuff comes up in our coaching calls and I kind of try to put people in a, in a I try and catch them off guard and I say, what percent, what percent responsibility do you have in your marriage? Most people say 50%. And that's a big source and cause of a lot of relationship breakdowns. because you can always say, Oh, well the problem is on their 50%. And when you and your spouse, cause if she were to ask me the same question, I would, my response would be hundred percent as well. And when we can both take 100% responsibility for the marriage, for how it goes, for the outcomes, how we're showing, how we're showing up, how both of us are showing up our relationship, you know, together and in, in business, then we have a say, like we have some power, we have some control, like we have something like to work with. Otherwise we just play the blame game. And that was something we learned long ago that we always, you know, we have to remind ourselves of doesn't mean we're like operate that way all day, every day, but we can always go back to there. You know it's just a common question like so many students are saying what do i do if my spouse doesn't believe in me what do i do if you know we're just not getting along in business and so i just thought this would be such a fantastic episode such a great idea to bring ellen and pete on and uh, i think they're so amazing so i had a lot of fun with them we've never done four people on a it single... worked phenomenally well yeah it did it went by really fast it did yeah it was an hour by the way it was an hour and i was like um i want another hour right pace. yeah so maybe we'll have to do a continuation.
1: I mean, they have thirty years of experience under their belt. They're mm-hmm. such a well of information and wisdom and love and commiseration and sympathy and empathy. I'm they've probably been through just about it all at this point. And us as relative newlyweds, it's just so lovely talking with them because it gives me hope that we can continue to hone and refine this partnership.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, we're really excited to introduce you to this episode. I'm really excited to have Chelsea on it Thanks, as well. Babe. Yeah. You're welcome, babe. Love you, babe. Love you, babe. However, before we jump into it, I want to invite you to help contribute to this amazing podcast Mind Your Business by submitting a question a listener question of the week edition of the podcast. So if you head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash QA, as in question, answer, you have an opportunity to record a question under four minutes or less. The more specific, the better, by the way. And be featured on an upcoming episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. Yes, that means you can have your question answered in your very own episode that all kinds of other people are going to listen to and get value from as well. All you got to do is head on over to jameswoodmore.com forward slash QA and start asking your question right there.
1: So without further ado, as James would say, here's the episode.
0: Wait, do I always say that? Always. (laughs) Yeah, you listen to the podcast. Always. All right, let's play that episode. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I've got a very special episode. This is the first time... In mind your business podcast history, in over 200 episodes, that we've had four people on the show at once. I'm first joined with my beautiful, lovely wife, Chelsea, who's here in Wedmore HQ with us. Chelsea, say hi. Hello. Hello. How Hello. are
1: you? I'm, I'm Chelsea. <laughs> is
0: your Chelsea. <laughs> She's returning guest. And my dear friends, Ellen and Peter, who have been to one of my mastermind retreats, speaking specifically about, uh, working with your spouse in your business and how to deal when you're an entrepreneur and your spouse isn't and how to make all of that work, and it was such a great workshop. They spent three hours working with our multiple six and seven figure entrepreneurs, our high earners, high performing entrepreneurs, and it was like, it was so needed. it was so powerful. I was like, we gotta get them on the show. So I'm joined by Ellen and Peter. How you guys doing?
2: Terrific. Yes. It's yeah. awesome. good to be here, James and Chelsea. Good to be here, and Chelsea, I want to give a special shout out to you mm. for being here too. This is going to be great.
3: Oh, Peter, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, she definitely puts up with a lot.
3: <laughs> That's... I, I've been, I've been just waiting for the opportunity to ask you guys lots of questions. No,
0: <laughs> good thing we can edit this. No, I'm.
3: <laughs>
0: well, I want to get, I, I want our audience to get to know you guys a little bit more and so if we could just start there what is it that you guys do and why do you do it oh two
2: good questions actually those questions james that you just asked what do you do and why do you do it are the seeds for every dream for every entrepreneur that starts a business Mm. what is it that you want to do and just as important why do you want to do it so two huge questions the what and the why and out of that the how tends to
3: follow.
0: Yes, love that.
3: So just to jump in, though, with who we are and what we actually do do, we live in Silicon Valley. We've been working in Silicon Valley for the last 30-some years, and we've been in business together for almost that long. And so Pete and I have come to love and appreciate the particular challenges, not only of entrepreneurs, but also of those who choose to work together and what it's like to really put a business together with your partner. Mm. So that's a passion. But we started our work at, we run an institute called the Couples Institute. And we started that originally with a goal of really preventing premature and unnecessary divorces. We believe that so many couples didn't get the right kind of help and then ended up struggling, ended up divorced. There was, you know, trauma that Filtered down through the family because of things that could have been helped, and so that was the original reason we got together and started doing this. Yeah, actually, there's even a, a different, a slightly
2: nuanced backstory to that. I moved from Louisiana to California where Ellen was living, and we were both psychologists at that time, and we wanted to do something together, but we had no idea what it was. So we would just sit in the backyard and we have a glass of wine. We talk about X. Well, what sounds good to you? And we just brainstorm ideas like, how about a restaurant? Now, here's (laughs) the thing. When somebody comes up with an idea like that, you got to restrain. Your first reaction is, are you nuts? (laughs) Yeah. You have to edit that first reflex Mm. to make a negative judgment. And instead, you say, well, what's interesting about doing a restaurant to you? Why would a part of you be attracted to that? And out of having a lot of brainstorm discussions like that, actually, it was for months what we would think about doing and discarding the ideas. And we were on the way to Australia to do a workshop there. And we were at the Bally Hyatt. In Indonesia. And we were continuing to brainstorm. And one of us said, well, why don't we just focus in working with couples? Why don't we try that? Well, what would be interested in specializing with couples dot dot dot? Well, out of that came the idea that that would be kind of cool. Although we got a lot of flack from other people say, yeah, good luck specializing in couples. You're going to have to just work nights because they can't come in during the day. And couples therapy is not a very highly respected branch of doing psychotherapy. It was all individual therapy at the time. So you won't have any clients. You're not going to have any status. Why do you want to do that? Well, we said, yeah, I think it would still be cool out of that. Then evolved, we want to stop premature divorces Mm. and help people make it if they have, if they really, to increase their chance of making it and thriving.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, I can remember right after I graduated college, so I was like 22, and a buddy of mine that was still in school texted me, I don't even know if we had texting back then, called me and let me know that there was going to be a panel of entrepreneurs coming to our school, Chapman University to speak on entrepreneurship. And here I was like thinking of starting a business. And I went there and it was all night and you could ask these entrepreneurs and all these crazy, amazing, extraordinary things, all these questions. Finally, towards the end of the night, someone raised their hand and asked the awkward elephant in the room question, which was after listening, they said, after listening to all of you, your stories and what you've done with almost every single one of you here mentioned or referenced that you've had a divorce or that you've never got married or, you know, never committed, you know, or lost that person or, and some, for some multiple. And they're like, does that come with the territory? Is that a part of it? And there was like a very awkward, like they looked at each other awkwardly and, you yeah, know, no kidding, right. And so no. that's obviously if you guys have been doing this for 30 years, there's a demand, <laughs> there's a need for it <laughs> to keep you in business. And so I think where I want to start with is, whether it's someone, it's a couple working together like Chelsea and I, or you're married and one of you is the entrepreneur, probably the person listening to this episode. What do you guys see as, I guess, like the big mistakes that are being made that we, that are really causing like, which could cause so much like contention in in a marriage?
3: I'll start with one because it's one I just see all the time, which is a lot of times people fall into working together it's not a conscious decision mm-hmm. and it, you know it's easy to bring the other person in or i just need this help or whatever and so there's not a lot of thought or good foundation that's laid often with couples who work together with couples where one is just a, like a high powered entrepreneur they don't stop and think about the impact that the work is going to have on the on the home life And so they don't actually prepare for that either. So to me, lack of preparation is just an enormous part of what goes on in so many couples who face the entrepreneurial marriage challenge.
0: And you see that especially with couples that have already been together. And so they've developed a foundation and then they just make these decisions to like start a business or go into business together.
3: Or, you know, I mean, something I see all the time now in the internet marketing space is that somebody's business is successful and so they bring their partner in. And in fact, yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, yeah. how did you start working together? To
0: yeah, that's actually do. that, that would be this closer scenario for us. Chelsea came to work. Do you remember what year? 2014, 15, 15, 15. So, I want Chelsea to, to speak from her experience, but I, I know that she was a teacher and I, st- you know, when I started, we started dating I started courting her and <laughs> taking her on these extravagant trips and vacations and adventures. And it didn't really fit the like high school teacher lifestyle that she was <laughs> doing. So she's like, I don't think this is going to work if I'm going to stay with this guy. So she quit and got a job that she, I could tell immediately she was just not happy with. And so I started saying like, look, I don't care what you do. And I just, I don't want you to be in a job. You're unhappy. If you want to, you can come, you can just come work in the business. And that's, that's how it started. I don't know. What was your side of things, Jels?
1: So yes, I was working with a friend and helping her write her book and you needed help at events. And that's kind of how I got my first introduction into the business. And Mm -hmm. you noticed that I was unhappy in my position and I saw a need for my specific skill set, which is just, as you've said, picking the dirtiest corner in the room and cleaning that. And I thought, oh, I can be of use. And when I did quit my other job, I had no idea what I was going to do in the business, but I started working for you in any capacity. I think I started doing customer support just to help you out during a launch. And that led to ultimately becoming chief operating officer
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: that was a that was a an evolution it
0: was definitely an evolution but like you're saying ellen the business was doing very well and financially where we learned long ago that like a lot of you know conflict can arise around topics around money and that was never a a thing, you know? And I was just basically like, Hey, do whatever you want to do. Like have at it. If you want to try your hands at customer support, if you want to run an event, if you want to do this. And I gave her a lot of like freedom and flexibility. And then Chelsea really found like, Ooh, this is what I want to do. Ooh, this is what I'd like to do. And she started doing it.
2: Hey, Chelsea, I have a question for you, which is you joined an ongoing business that James was running. Is that right? Correct. Could it feel a little bit like you were coming in to be a step-parent to his child?
1: Very much so. I felt like the bonus mom. Oh, (laughs) good. (laughs) Yeah. And yes, it was this, James had scaled very quickly over a short amount of time. And so there was a need for somebody to come in and manage the infrastructure. And I saw that opportunity and I actually cleaned house. We let everyone go that had come before me, not by design, just that's how it happened to be. We had outgrown them or they they hadn't evolved with the business. And I cleaned Slate and I started... The, the business over, the business side of the business over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Did
2: that feel, Chelsea, did that feel like that gave you more agency, more of a voice, more of an
1: ownership? hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Uh,
2: which is really crucial. Otherwise, you know, I, I'm going to guess that if you would have kept the same people, you would still going in with James as the boss and you were just a, what, a special preferred hired hand.
1: Yes. And especially as his wife, I didn't want to be seen as, you know, I didn't want it to be nepotism. I wanted to earn my spot, which not that I needed to let everyone go to do that. But it certainly facilitated that not just being seen as his wife.
3: How do you define your role? Like, is it still James's business? Is it both of your businesses? Mm,
0: That's actually been like probably the number one challenge that we like went back and forth with and that was hard do you remember that we've gone yeah back and forth in a lot of ways it's it's ours it's it's mine it's yours it's ours
1: (laughs) so i may be over answering this question but we went on our honeymoon about a year after a year and a half after i started working in the business and so we'd had quite a long while to sort things out but we realized Actually, I think it was after something that you had said in a presentation at your mastermind that James is a part of, that you both are a part of, about someone taking 51% ownership over everything, that everyone...
0: That we, was that you, was Ellen and Pete's training. That's um, what I'm saying. Training, yeah.
1: And that, you, that once we, we decided on the division of labor, what things he was going to have majority vote on, what things I was going to have majority vote on, and then where we were going to come together and collaborate in that sense. And that helped a lot mm-hmm. once we had that conversation. I think up until that point, I was still really uncertain and not feeling ownership as much as I'd like to or as I expected to. And it is James's business. I have a very big department that I oversee and I feel that that is my contribution. Yeah. That's mine to lay claim to.
0: Yeah, so we we take on, we we both are the co-visionary in, as our role in the business, but the simplest term, and this is for our listeners too, is James is the visionary of the marketing, the message, like where are we going? And Chelsea has a wonderful vision of the internal structure of how the organization runs. So like a simplistic metaphor is when you talk about someone being like they're in front on stage appearance, right? Like I'm the in front of the stage. Like what am I, you know, what am I saying? What's the presentation? What's the song and dance that I'm doing? And then when you go behind the curtain, Chelsea has orchestrated all of that. Everything from like, and it's a lot of the, look, it's like, uh, and we can get into this too, but it's a lot of the very, unsexy stuff, you know, <laughs> like the, the stuff that really like doesn't get the credit, but gives more of the credit to the front stage person. And that's, you know, that makes it a challenge too. But like from HR and legal to the processes to an employee onboarding and, and everything in between to how the company runs was all born out of Chelsea's vision.
3: You know, what's really crucial about what you just said is it A lot sounds, of it. it sounds like you support Like, you realize how important what she does is.
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: No, because, you know, if we take that from business and we move it to home, like what happens in a lot of entrepreneurial marriages is you have the person who is the star, the entrepreneur, and they come home. And if even when they don't work together, they don't respect all the infrastructure work that it takes to run the family and keep things going and all of that. So the respect for what the other person brings is an enormous, important contribution.
0: Absolutely. Chelsea, you were going to say something. Well, and
1: I'd like to clarify, because I, I keep talking about how I cleaned house, but we had... <laughs> it, it, it sound. Like, she, uh, she wants to soften I that, do, but I, that's what happened, I do, right? but I, I want to <laughs> clarify that James scaled, he tripled his revenue in the year that we got engaged, mm-hmm. and he had two employees. Now we have 15 employees. And at that time, I just, I really felt that we could not continue operating in this way. He'd gotten himself so far and had done amazingly well, but now it was time to dig our heels in. And I thought, and we started out with one employee back on Jilly, whom, you, mm-hmm. whom you've whom met. But even at that point, I had a vision of a fortune fortune. 100 company I didn't it didn't matter how many employees we had or what kind of niche we were in this was going to operate like the best businesses out there
0: and and so like what that's why we called it the co-visionary roles because I had the vision of we want to be the leading expert in online business with the best quality videos the best quality coaching And we want to be leaders in the industry. And that was my vision. I mean, still is. And Chelsea's was, and we want to run this like a Fortune 100 company. We want to do this right.
2: I have two questions. Mm. One is, so James, for growing your business, would you like to be married to a personality clone of yourself?
0: No. No. (laughs) And she is nothing like me, and I'm very grateful for that. We have very
1: different strengths.
2: Think about what you just said, which is you have to have differences because you don't want to be married to a clone of yourself right out of those differences become great opportunities and a lot of opportunities to collide Mm, yes your visions will be different because you're not with a clone of yourself yes yes so now that's required see if you are just a solopreneur your vision is your target you don't have to negotiate where you're going if you're captain of the ship You don't negotiate where the ship is going. You set sail for where you want to go. Yeah. When you are married and you're both in a business, now there's a shared ownership. Now you have to negotiate, discuss where you want this ship to go and who's going to guide it and where, and who's going to be in charge of the other part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of couples get into power struggles. Mm. Um, because they don't have good negotiation skills. They don't have good problem-solving skills, and they get locked into power struggles as a result of their visions being different. Yet, if you have the same vision, one of you is unnecessary. The same skills, the same talents, the same vision, one of you is really unnecessary.
0: Wow. That's a very interesting way to look at it. And I'll tell you, just to be completely transparent, I think one of the ways in which we collided, which was probably like the biggest point of contention, is that when we both adopted those visions, my viewpoint became looking for opportunities and taking risks. And Chelsea's became, you know, I want to mitigate costs. I want to reduce risk. And she's looking at the costs and expenses. I'm looking at the opportunity and the gain. and.
2: What could possibly be wrong with
0: that? <laughs> right? Nothing wrong there. That's not dynamite ready to happen,
2: right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now, even like for, uh, to give a specific, when Chelsea got into the books and she started seeing what was it? What would it be like? Twenty thousand dollars a month in Facebook advertising. She's like, "Why are we spending twenty thousand dollars to face?" I thought Facebook was free, and I'd have to sit down and be like, "This is how we get our customers." And you know, actually, the more we spend, the more we're going to acquire. You know, and that was where that's where some of that negotiation and really like talking someone off a ledge because anybody sees that and they're going to you know freak out a bit. Um, See,
2: James, what you're describing is the absolute importance of a lot more discussions when you work with your spouse yeah because you are so interdependent in so many ways that a big choice a big decision in one area has a ripple effect across the entire relationship Mm. and that's why i think when you work with your spouse it requires extra levels of communication negotiation
0: Totally. Okay. And, and I would love if you guys could, could go and tell us a, like a little bit about that specifically. Cause Chelsea referenced your guys fantastic. I think that's a negotiation skill. Your 51% strategy and, and even just any other tips you have on some negotiating skills for couples would be fantastic.
3: Sure. I'd love to go into some of that, but I want to say one other thing first, which sure. is you guys had a better chance of success than a lot of couples from one thing you said, Mm. which which is that you each actually contributed to the vision. So even though it was your business, Chelsea had something, Chelsea, you brought something to the business with a vision of what you wanted, that Fortune 100 way of working. To be part of the business, and you—you know—you really made a contribution early on to the vision of what you're creating.
0: They co- they complemented each other. They went hand in hand. It was here's where we're going, and here's how it's going to look. Here's how that's going to get, and those have just tied to each other so beautifully. See, yeah.
2: Ellen, I want to add a P.S. Ellen to what you were saying, which is when you work together, even if you work full time, and a lot of couples don't, but if you work full time in a business. It doesn't have to be a 50-50 split of the work. It has to feel fair. And that's very different than saying it has to be balanced or it has to be 50-50, because that tends to be an illusion. It does have to feel fair. And that's what I hear from you and Chelsea, is that each of you felt like the contributions were different and fair.
0: Mm -hmm. Would you agree to that?
1: Yes. I mean I think that James spends more time doing the work. He has a much heavier burden of carrying this business and creating impact in other people's lives. I honestly I try so hard to sympathize and understand what he does, but I only I only really understand a portion of it. And for that reason I have and, and this came with some time, but I trust him to if I don't agree with his decisions, there's an element of trust that I know I need to have and that I and that I have, you know, developed because he's carrying the business in a way that I never can and, and don't frankly want to. And so that majority vote when i said earlier that this is his business it is his business until i start spending the amount of time doing he what he does and interacting with our customers and our audience the way he does i until then i, I don't i feel like there's a gap there where i have to give him my trust even if i don't agree with. and, what and
0: that trust was not there in the in the beginning it wasn't <laughs>
2: It has That trust has to be earned, yeah. which is why it really legitimately cannot be there at the beginning because it has to be developed and earned.
0: Yeah, because like I think when she came in, she realized how much of where I'm playing is in a zone of uncertainty and unknown. You know, right. like I'm I'm living there. When we're in business, it's like we're trying new things. There's going to be costs. It's going to take time. It may not work. There's no guarantees. And something about Chelsea, speaking to our differences, she's never had a desire. Yeah, She would say this all the time, like, I never had a desire to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. That's not what I want and i think there's something a little crazy and mixed up about entrepreneurs about like they want to do what's possible and and uh there were i think when she realized whoa that's how much time you s- spend there it took a while to be like trust me even if it doesn't work out i'm gonna learn what we need to learn so that it will work out <laughs> and I and now she definitely trusts me implicitly but yeah i think it did have to be earned
2: and, just, and i was just chelsea i want to say one more thing that you said which might be pretty subtle. And then we can go into the skills around, you know, negotiation and division of labor. But Chelsea, you were talking about it's James's business. Now, here's the subtle part of what, I, of what I'm what i going to intuit, Chelsea, of what you've said, Okay. which is, and it's not a blow to my ego by saying it's his business. You have your own self-respect separate from James and your contribution, and that's huge. If you questioned your contribution, you would feel like you're one down. He's the boss, and it's a employer-employee relationship, and that will destroy a marriage. Mm. So when it, you said it the way you said it, Chelsea, it's like, no. I know his role is different than my role, and I have great respect for my contribution, Chelsea. Which is okay then to say it's his business because he carries more of dot dot dot. Yes, it's that psychological equality that I heard in your voice when you said it.
1: Well, I'm so happy that came across. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: okay. We're doing something does it feel
3: right. Feel
1: accurate? No, absolutely, it does. I am happy to say that I don't want any part of what James does. I don't want to be on stage. I don't want to be in front of people. And I certainly don't want to be
0: on a podcast sharing information. I
1: don't, I, he carries a huge burden and, or, you know, maybe it's a self-imposed burden, but he feels very tethered to, our clients and their success. And he will go above and beyond at his own personal expense sometimes. And that's just not me. I don't want that lifestyle and I don't want that responsibility. My responsibilities are elsewhere and I have a different schedule than he does. And that suits me just fine. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
3: Let's, let's use that actually as a stepping off point because another mistake that a lot of entrepreneurial couples make is that whatever the structure is in the business gets transported to home. So like, Chelsea, you're really comfortable saying it's James's business. And it's my house. (laughs)
0: Right? Yep. Yep. (laughs)
3: Just kidding.
0: (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Not really. I let it it be. We're actually doing a remodel right now. And I said, I just want one request for the remodel and you get everything else. You can have the 51% vote. On every other decision.
3: Are you willing to say what yours was? Oh, what it was?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ever since, so I'm a big dreamer and I'm a big kid. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always dreamed. Actually, I combined two things. I, I, I cheated. I took two things and I combined them into one. I've always dreamed of having a secret room like like where it's like a bookshelf and it opens up to a secret room and I've always wanted to have like a a movie theater in a house and so I said if I could get that that would be my dream come true because our favorite thing to do is to watch movies together we're big movie nerds and I say you give me that and like you have all the vote and all the majority say on anything else in the house is that is that been accurate that's that's a good negotiation right
1: it's mostly accurate. You <laughs> snuck a few other things in there.
0: Well, yeah, I, I'm good at suggesting ideas. I can be a little influential at times, but I would back down if she disagreed. That's true.
2: <laughs> hey, James, I just want to say one thing, which is people think that they have to have a vision. The beginning of an idea and a vision is never the same as when we cross the finish line with it. Mm. So true. So we get an idea. And we decide, oh, what I thought would be easy isn't. What I thought would be really workable isn't. What I thought would be difficult, it's not so hard.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: It so, always changes. We do not create a fixed vision and then march confidently in that direction. The vision evolves as we do.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Oh, that's so, it's so true because I think so many people, I know we're getting a little off topic, but Don't create a vision because they're afraid that it that it'll be permanent and unchangeable and then they can't pivot or what if it's the wrong vision?
1: And actually our vision changed. I remember very clearly I was reading every business book under the sun, probably my second year of working in the business. And I realized that we, we were still predominantly a video marketing
0: back then. Yes. And and
1: I, I saw it, I think even maybe before James did that he wasn't really in the business of video marketing anymore. He was creating these (coughs) phenomenal breakthroughs with our clients on a much deeper level. And I was like, we need to make sure that we're in our wheelhouse. It was a hedgehog concept from good to great Jim Collins. And I just, I realized we needed to revamp what it was that we were doing. And I, I think I kind of drove that. I'm, I'm You not-
0: did. I mean, I mean, that's the thing is she's, she's always like a w- hard thing about creating a vision is when we doubt ourselves. Right. Yes. And when you have someone that like your wife who loves you and is like, believing in you and your vision more than even you are, that can be like, wow, that's the most valuable thing. I mean, for her to sit there and say, James, you've evolved beyond just teaching someone how to make a video on YouTube. Look at all the work you're doing. This is what you're about now. This is what we need to be doing. That gave me the confidence to say, I think that is what we're going to be doing now. And I don't think I would have stepped into it the way we have now without her. Maybe eventually one day, but not at the speed in which we did. What a team. (laughs)
3: <laughs> right yeah, you guys are you guys are a great team and i love the respect that you have for each other and the flexibility of roles that chelsea can be in charge at home and say it's my house you can yes. be in charge of certain things and it's not stressful to say I get, that it's i get the
0: garage though right,
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. and
0: the movie theater now
3: <laughs> and, and and we're not without our
0: difficulties that's true i mean like i don't want people to think oh it's just all perfect and
1: there it there it's so alienating i still find myself looking on social media sometimes feeling like gosh what do they know that i don't and Mm -hmm. the thing is is probably nothing and
0: probably just how to take prettier pictures right
1: and (laughs) i like to be very open with our challenges because we do not have it figured out all figured out and every day presents a unique set of opportunities and challenges and we have a few hard and fast commitments to one another that ultimately determine how we make our decisions and yeah. whether or not, you know, we are comfortable with the way things are going.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Ellen, before we run out of time, what is this 51% that they have reference to periodically?
3: Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about that because Pete and I developed uh, a way for couples to think about decision-making and really in terms of there being three types of decisions. And, the, the flexibility to move back and forth between these types makes a huge difference. and I'll give one example in a minute. but so the first type is equilateral decisions. And when couples have equilateral decisions, that means they both have the same amount of say. And so those kind of decisions often have more conflict up front because you know, if you know that you both have equal say, you have to hang in there until you get to a solution. both people are going to go for Mm -hmm. in the equilateral 50 50 either
2: person can veto a decision either person can be a stumbling block for the other one Hmm. uh, when it's 50 50 and there's a lot more trying to persuade often try to persuade your partner of your perspective or your priorities or your interests or your concerns when it's 50 50.
3: Yeah, it takes longer, you you have to hang in there longer until you get to something where you both actually do agree about it. Right. You know, and in a remodel situation, sometimes it might be the budget, uh, or it might be who's the contractor you're using, it might be a 50-50, and then it moves into other types. So let me do the other two types real quick. The unilateral decision is the decision where both people agree up front that one person has the say. And unilateral decisions are fantastic when they're agreed upon because it takes a lot of stress out of things. You know, you can solicit the other person's opinion, but you know you're going to make it, or you just go ahead and make it, and you don't even have to solicit their opinion. It's very typical in a lot of entrepreneurial couples where the person who's at home, if there is one who's spending more time running the home, Will make decisions about kids' schedules. They'll make decisions about remodeling. They'll, some of those can be unilateral decisions. In more traditional sex roles, men often made unilateral decisions about finances and investments. I'm doing an interesting consult with a couple right now where they have been working together in the business and probably she's going to leave the business and it's better for both of them. And they're going to restructure in some ways, but they both agreed up front that it would not be his unilateral decision that she leave. Mm. And that was really important because otherwise she was going to feel fired. And then that was going to have implications in their personal life for a long time because she didn't want to feel that she was getting fired.
0: Yep. Wow.
3: And then the third type is the 5149 and the 5149% decision making is one that so many couples who use it well love it because you start a conversation up front and you decide who's got 51% of the say but what's 49 about it is that you know that you're going to solicit the other person's input substantially and you know, remodeling is one where 5149 is often used because somebody might not want the authority or the responsibility of doing a lot of the work, but they do want input. Yeah. You know, they don't want to come home to a living room that's painted pink, for example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Says you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so when you can decide, okay, you know, somebody's got the 51, but they will take the other person's input into account substantially. James, you know this one where somebody in our mastermind group went to his wife and he wanted to do something really badly right before their second child was going to be born. And it would have meant him being away for a certain number of days. And so he went into the discussion with her and he said, before we even have this discussion, Mm. I want you to know that you have 51% of the say. Yeah. And so what would have been the pa- previously been a fight turned out to be like a really productive discussion between them because she knew she got the final say.
0: Yeah, that was huge, that's powerful. And he, he ultimately, technically didn't get what he was uh, going for, what he wanted. Right. And he, but he was like really honored and accepted that decision. There was no, re- that's the second part of it, right? Is once you've com- committed to that, there was no resentment.
3: Right, right.
0: He said, okay, uh, that's, that's the decision. And there's, you know, it's like, I accept that.
3: And I think it turned out that he was there for his child's birth when he wouldn't have been otherwise.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That's key. So is this the one you, do you recommend all three of these? Do you recommend? uh, Yes. Okay.
3: I mean, I recommend all three for different areas of life and Mm. that, but couples decide which one you're using when you're like, when you sit down to negotiate something or you divide up roles and responsibilities, just the clarity about what this decision-making structure is saves so much tension and stress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, as I look at these, cause I was, that's, that was what coming up is like different contexts as I think would need different types of decision-making. Like for me or for our business, when I look at things that I'm doing, like if I'm creating a presentation for an event, if I'm crafting an event, uh, a lot of those decisions I make, what topics am I gonna speak on, what exercise am I creating, those are very unilateral decisions. Those are just like, this is what I'm doing, and this is, I mean, this is what my vision for the content and how I'm gonna serve and how I'm gonna help is, and I just i just make those decisions. And then Chelsea will show up at the event and go, wow, that was a really cool exercise you did. When did you come up, you know, um, well, I just decided that. Whereas things that affect her role in the business, like operations and and expenses, they either come to uh, a very equilateral or this 5149. I think that's, that's really wise to sit there and be like, before we discuss this, here's the type of negotiation that yeah, we're going to... No, it's yeah. exactly
3: right. It's deciding yeah. which type of decision you're using and also knowing that they shift over time. Like when Pete and I went into business, at the beginning pretty much everything was equilateral. We were starting together. We didn't know where, you know, we just started with a vision. We were experimenting with a lot of things and a lot of things were equilateral. We had two major markets that we were addressing because we were doing a lot for professionals and training and we were doing a lot of couples workshops and things for couples. And it became very clear, number one, it was too much energy Mm -hmm. to have everything be equilateral. Yeah, And also we each had different skills. And so for a while, we divided everything up where he had unilateral to say over the workshops and I had unilateral oh, say over the training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's been a challenge too. Is like now you, it, there's also, you have to make a decision about what type of decision process you're going to use about specific things too. Right. So like there are certain things that I would do and make a decision about and Chelsea would say, oh, well, I would have wanted to, to have a, an equilateral decision in that. Why didn't you ask me about that? Oh, I didn't I didn't think to. I just thought this was, you know, and we've we've had to like clean those things up cuz there are some things where yeah. I'm like, "Chelsea, I'm not going to come to you with, you know, what module I'm going to create for my students on the coaching call today." And that's that's definitely been something we've had to na- navigate.
3: Well, um, you guys did something, you know, you are working together really early in your marriage, if you, like <laughs> yeah. a lot.
0: Of- <laughs> Why is that funny?
1: Well, we got <laughs> we got engaged moved in together and started working together in all within the days? course of like yeah about a couple a couple of months so it was
2: oh my god talking so about could... colliding visions Yep. You
1: know? that was a very challenging time for me
0: and it was a very fun and exciting time for me like when you asked Pete when you asked chelsea like was it like being a stepmom the other side was like james was it hard to give up your baby or anything and i was like no uh, good.
2: Thank you for bringing that yeah. up. Yes.
0: Yeah, and it yes. and it what it really wasn't ninety ninety five percent of the time. Would you agree? Am I not? Would you agree that it wasn't hard for me? I wasn't like trying to keep take control like no you don't have a No, say. you
1: were more than happy to give yeah. up a
0: lot of the responsibility and so yeah we had this 30 days of change where it was really tough on chelsea but i'm of such a different personality type that i was like oh change new things this is exciting like let's shake things up let's see what we can do well, and, and
1: i thrive in stability and so transitions never easy or invited welcomed by me
0: i kind of thrive in chaos you do you do <laughs>
1: You like like good leap, chaos. you leap and, and, and build no my the, wings on the way right, down.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we finish each other's sandwiches. sandwiches.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you.
2: Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I can get a life changing idea every time I take a shower. Yeah. And, That's how James is. Yeah. And Ellen likes, let's have a little more stability here. You know, like I got to tether this guy to the ground.
0: Uh huh. <laughs>
1: I,
3: I can relate, Ellen. I can yeah. Relate. I, well, and you know, and like for most marriages between about two to five years into the marriages is the time when couples really wrestle with their differences. And some couples have, it goes away. Yeah. The honeymoon, yeah. you know, all that euphoria recedes a little into the background and they start to really see the ways that they're different when they couldn't see it so clearly before. And so the couples who, Come to embrace their differences and learn how to work with the fact and accept the fact that they really are different, do much better and they thrive. The ones who try Mm -hmm. to make the other one be a mirror image of themselves or try to turn them into being just like me end up getting angry, stuck and into a lot of difficulty.
0: Well, you know, what's funny that you say that is that Chelsea just dug up the notes we took from the ex one of the exercise questions you guys gave at our mastermind which was for each of us to ask what do we each bring to the marriage what do we each bring to the relationship and it was such a great exercise remember reading yes. those was just a couple days ago and it was you guys had us both ask what do i think chelsea brings and then right. and then she would ask what do you think james brings and then what do I think I bring? And then she would ask, what does she think she brings? And to compare and contrast. And we were pretty like spot on for the most part. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes. It was remarkable how many similarities we had in our lists.
0: Yeah. What a great exercise.
2: Here's the principle, James, behind that exercise. Mm -hmm. I think there are two key insights when you work with your partner, especially. And it has to do with awareness. Awareness, self-awareness of your own strength about what you bring to the business and your strength, what you bring to the marriage. The second awareness is where are your triggers so that when you flinch, you are at your worst under pressure. So being aware of your strengths in business and marriage and being aware of your triggers, where you are at your worst in business and your marriage. The second awareness is being aware of your partner's strengths what they bring to the business and the marriage and being aware of your partner's triggers under pressure when they're not at their worst. And having that clarity can be helpful.
0: I'll say, absolutely, I love that. So that's something for our listeners, you guys can, can definitely try that on because we, we found that really awesome, just a really great, fun exercise as well. I know, oh, go ahead, Ella. I'd
3: to ask you one other thing. Sure. Which is, how do you guys keep the business From taking over your whole personal relationship?
0: Mm. Great question. How do we keep the business from taking over our personal relationship? (laughs) Chelsea is like shaking her head. She doesn't want to answer that. So I feel like there's a couple answers. First of all, like it's a challenge in a lot of ways because I do love the work that I do. And I want... I think it's like, it's never been a, I want to get my work done and get out of here as quick as I can. It's, I want to just keep loving what I do and doing what I love and like, you know, all of that. But with that being said, we're very intentional about like trips that we take. We're very intentional about like just booking time in the calendar, like everything we do, we've, we've, I've always done this, but now we get to do it together. Intentional celebration. Like it's like celebrating every win. And so one of our favorite things is like staycations, you know, so like we go like uh, get a hotel in our own town and just take a day or two where we just do nothing but like sleep in and get room service and, you know, lay out by the pool or the beach. And, you know, when, when we travel, like when we go to the mastermind, Chelsea comes every single time when we do events, like, you know, we go we always go together and I always want her to be a part of everything. Even if it's not from a work standpoint, it's just like, let's be together as much time as we can. Chelsea, do you have anything to add there?
1: I'd like to say that it's a process and we're still figuring it out. I Mm -hmm. think it's easy because we don't have children yet. This is our child. And like any good parents, we talk about it all the time. And we like to talk to other people about it and show the pictures and, you know, bring out the photo album. Um, (laughs) But I think we probably struggle a little bit with that um, because it's all consuming in a lot of ways.
0: I think what's helpful is because we have an office, we don't talk about business at home. So even if something comes up, I'll be like, let's talk about it tomorrow at the office. Oh, cool. What a boundary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a boundary. Yeah. So listen, I know I want to be mindful of time because I know you guys uh, have something at the top of the hour. So this is great. And I could just talk to you guys
1: forever. Forever.
0: I I love it. And I do want to just say really quickly, there have been bad days, days where Chelsea and I were off our game. And I saw how that affected me, affected my performance, affected how I worked, how I showed up in the business. and. That's something for us to really consider how important the work that Pete and Ellen do as being performers in business and, you know, passionately in love with our spouse and that this is something not to be ignored, like it's just going to go away. And so if this is something that's occurring in your life, it's something we need to address. And I want to encourage you guys as listeners, if, if this is a relevant issue to do what it takes to get support, coaching and help you need and Pete and Ellen are amazing. I've known them for a couple years now. They've helped and facilitated our students and coaching clients in the past. And I just love what you guys are doing. So really quickly, how can we learn more about you guys? What would be the next step if someone did want to work with you in some capacity?
3: So a couple things. One is go to couplesinstitute.com forward slash MYB. So for mind your business. So we know you come from James and Chelsea. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And, you know, and if you just give us your name and email address, we'll put you on a newsletter. But also we do a two day foundational, like get your ducks in order, really learn the skills and capacities. And if somebody's interested in a two day intensive, they can come work with us for two days and just like nail a lot of the stuff that we're talking about so that you don't have those kind of issues and troubles
0: yeah.
2: or, or reduce the impact of those kinds of challenges or work around those challenges.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so important.
1: I think it's, it's so I, I sign me up for one thing <laughs> because every time I talk to the both of you, I feel like I have a renewed sense of commitment to both my marriage and our business partnership. I think that we evolve as both people and business partners and spouses. And it's so important for us to kind of do checkups, tune ups every so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James and I are committed to self-improvement and, and this is an incredibly important Aspect of that, yeah.
0: Real quick, Peter. I know you need to go. Ellen, do you need to go at the? I talk- can stay. I can. Okay, stay. so Pete, I'm going to let you leave whenever you want But I'd love to hear like final words from Ellen. So if that takes a few minutes,
2: okay. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting us, James. Chelsea, yeah. thanks for inviting us, Aww. and especially a shout out to you guys for willing to take us all. It's a peek behind the curtain, you know, and that's pretty cool. And so I really appreciate your openness, your transparency, your willingness to say, look, success comes with you got to pay a price for it. Yeah, Yeah. Um, And you got to be intentional about what you want to create in your business. And be intentional about what you want to create in your marriage. Don't lose that intention.
0: Mm, so good.
1: Oh, Peter, we love you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank
0: you. 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 righty Take bye care. bye you guys. Take care. Yeah, I, I agree. We never want... We made a decision. We never wanted to settle. We never wanted to have a marriage and a business and a life that was, for lack of better words, ordinary. Just like good enough. We never wanted to just say, we're getting by. We wanted to commit to something extraordinary and we're willing to mess it up and stumble and screw up along the way in a effort to get there to make it wow this is extraordinary and you know that's that's a commitment to personal growth constantly
1: and i think what i wanted to say earlier was peter mentioned that it comes with a cost and a Mm -hmm. sacrifice and i think the cost and sacrifice is my own ego or you know, mm, your own ego wow, that like yeah. I really have to let go of taking things personally and thinking that you know my way is is the better way and it's it's a real collaboration and yeah. a lot of that is a death of the ego
0: it really is like those I think does a lot of the causes is like our, our ego and our fears and our past stories that just don't so you got to be willing to let a lot of those go and it's not easy always so Anyways, Alan, this has been so amazing, and I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts or anything you want to share to just really, like, call this episode complete that's coming up for you.
3: Sure. I mean, I I think two things. One is that I, like you guys, I believe in the power and the synergy of the couple's relationship and how much personal growth happens when you really commit to making something that's not ordinary. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, one of the driving forces behind it for us and something that we've tried to live our lives behind. So I love it that you both are doing that and are committed to that. I think another thing I would say is like, Chelsea, name one of the two things when you can learn not to personalize things that your partner says or does, Mm. And we teach couples a lot, a line that we like to use is be curious, not furious. <laughs> Love that. It. Like yeah. Really learning how to ask instead of reacting. And that one thing of just being curious enough and asking enough and letting things unfold leads you into really new directions that you might not have otherwise ever anticipated.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. This is this has been awesome. So I hope this has been valuable for you guys, our listeners, whether you're working in the business with your spouse as a team member as partners or in any capacity or you know you're an entrepreneur and they're not but you're still married together and it is a tricky road and you know we get it and you're not alone that's i think that's a big message too right Chelsea is like if you're going through stuff you're not alone yeah like you're not the anomaly you're not the weird only couple that's,
1: there's no formula that we figured out that that you have yet to figure out. I often feel that way. Sometimes there's no, there's no right way either. It's for each couple. I imagine it's looks very differently.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's more common that entrepreneurs and their spouses struggle. And that's, I think that's just a great final reminder is like, you're not alone and it's not like there's something wrong with you because you are. It's very different what we do.
1: Yeah. And it's a new, I mean, there's, this is a new era of entrepreneurship. We're seeing a lot more mm-hmm. of it in a, in a, in a whole different sort of capacity. Yeah. And so the challenges that we, I mean, thank goodness for Alan Peter, that they've been together for 30 years. They've been doing this for 30 years and they've, they're here to support this new generation of entrepreneurs. There's not a lot of examples of people making this work in the past. And, mm-hmm. and so it's so great to have that support.
0: Yeah yeah so this has been awesome so thank you guys so much for coming on the show this has been we've been waiting for this episode for a long long time
1: time. since africa
0: since yeah (laughs) since the summer yeah um and i'm so glad we finally did it so thank you and thank you to our listeners so much for tuning in for listening to this episode again we're going to link up pete and allen's information their stuff on the show notes so uh just visit mindyourbusinesspodcast.com And you can get all the details and and reach out to them for more information. And that's it for this episode. We'll see you all on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life